Good evening, Disney fans. I am Matt. This is the DPI Podcast, and we've got a lot to get to tonight. Um, if you tried to find us last week, of course, we were um, driving back from Tennessee, so we uh, spent some time at Gat- in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, so um, good, good time to get away, good refresh. Uh, got to visit Dollywood, which was kind of cool, so a little bit different perspective on another park, um, but we're back, and we're raring with some Disney mm-hmm. news tonight. Um, I've got Peter with Princesses and the Mouse that's going to come on with us, and we are going to be talking about Disney Forward. We're going to be talking about the addition of facial recognition at the parks. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things that are going on around Disney properties. So um, with that being said, let's touch on our social media accounts. So yeah, if you're looking for us on social media, definitely go over to Facebook. You're finding us there tonight at DPI Podcast, over on Twitter at Disney Insights, and definitely check out our Linktree bio now. It's in the description um, on our page and any of the YouTube videos that you look at now, definitely check out that Linktree bio because um, it's going to give you links to all of our content now, from the website to our merchandise to to everything that we've got out right now. It's a great one-stop shop for all of our content. So definitely check that out in the description. Um, So I'll bring on Peter here, and let's talk some Disney with Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Hey, Dis- hey, Peter, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Disney. Hey, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Hey, Disney, how are you petering tonight? <laughs> well, I mean, that's why they have to call him Lord Vader, right? Right. Because the stormtroopers giggle at Master Vader. <laughs> oh, my God. And we're off to a roaring start. <laughs> Family show, folks. Show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so lots going on, lots going on around the parks um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, let's start off with the big one: Disney Forward over in Disneyland. So, Disney basically put together a proposal of redeveloping the whole Toy Story parking lot area into retail and attractions and store and uh dining and all kinds of stuff what what does this really mean um because on on the surface it looks like oh disney's trying to put together this huge expansion but what does this really mean what does this proposal really do for disney in anaheim well if you come all right so first you gotta if you've never been there you gotta kind of understand it a little bit so there's California Adventure and there's Disneyland and they're about a stone's throw away from one another. Be like, you could if if I got a relatively round shaped rock, I guarantee I could stand at the gate of one, chuck it across, and hit the gate of the other. Um, probably on the bounce, definitely not on the fly. But they're they're really really uh, really really close to each other. And so in between there, so. If I'm coming out of Disneyland, to the left, I've got security. And that security is where all of the hotel shuttle buses and all of that good stuff. 
And it's also where all the parking trams are going to, well, parking buses are going to drop off because it's been a long time now, but Disneyland had to uh, buy a bunch of other property in different areas of Anaheim to put their parking lots for the most part, um, except for this one that you just kind of referred to, um, that Toy Story one. So if you go through security, Disneyland's on your right, California Adventure's on your left, and straight ahead is downtown Disney, where it's already a bunch of shops and restaurants and other stuff like that. And uh, at the very back side of that, you have the monorail station. And beyond that, you have the Disneyland Hotel. And down to the left, you have their, um, oh, I just, uh, Pixar, no. It's not Pixar, Pixar Pier? No, Pixar Pier is in California Adventure. Um, their other hotel, and I just... Uh, Paradise Pier. There we go. I was like, I know it's a pier something. Uh, so Disneyland Hotel is dead ahead. And over to the left, a little bit of a walk down is where you find Paradise Pier Hotel. Okay. Uh, so kind of lay out that picture for you. Between Disney Springs and Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier is a series of parking lots and streets and buildings and other stuff like that. Disneyland basically wants to reclaim, gut, and develop all of that area from basically the Disneyland perimeter, like the Disneyland perimeter, the California Adventure perimeter, all the way back to even with the backside of Disneyland Hotel, all the way over to Paradise Pier, all the way up to the perimeter of Disneyland. They want to basically gut that area and redevelop it. And like you said, uh, some immersive, some immersive experiences, sort of like I, I kind of liken it to what they're going to do with Moana Journey of Water in Epcot um, for part of the area. Some more shops, some more restaurants, some more uh, attractions. I don't. It doesn't seem like there's a new park in that, but it almost seems like with park admissions, you can go into these sort of like little immersive zones. Imagine what Cars Land is or what Galaxy's Edge is. Um, so it looks like they're going to put in some more of these little immersive zones over there. And it seems like, I don't know if it'll be separate admission or with your paid admissions to the other parks. Um, but kind of what you're saying or what you're asking is, I think ultimately the goal is to just increase the draw and give people more things to do. Because like I said... Disneyland, all of that campus fits into Magic Kingdom's parking lot. So, yeah, yeah. the scope of what Disney World is versus what Disneyland is, um, I think it just adds some attractions and creates more draw and and gets more people wanting to go and and also gives them more things to do to get more people into that area without facing overcrowding. Well, I, I, and, and you brought up Moana's Journey of Water, and I, I think that's a good tie-in to kind of where I'm going to go with this question. Disney is really scaled back on the redesign, re whatever they're calling it, of Epcot. And they've really had to pull back because of what COVID did to construction budget over the last year. And then all of a sudden they drop this huge basically doubling the size of the Disneyland park, you know, proposal out and to Anaheim. Is this, is this a 
design ploy to try and get stuff rezoned? Or is this, do you think this is an actual, hey, we need to expand this park? What, how do, how do we get this past the city of Anaheim? I think it's the second one, because if you look at average attendance, you know, you and I have made no, we've said the same talking point over and over again. If you look at the majority of attendance, you're going to have Orange County residents are the majority attendance at Disneyland and California Adventure. And over in Disney World, if you talk about, you know, even, I don't know what just happened. Your GoPro just turned off. Hmm. <laughs> my back and you're back and you've got i don't know you're recording now i see that well whatever <laughs> um anyway so what i was saying before it shut off for some weird reason is I, I think it's the second one because if we talk about the majority of attendance there you've got mostly orange county residents going to disneyland and at disney world you have you know, even if you take all of the state of Florida residents that go to Disney World, I guarantee you're only looking at 10, 15% of their attendance numbers. I don't have the exact number. I completely made that up. Chapik, don't send me an angry email if I'm wrong. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I just got to assume based on what you see as you go around that park every day. Yeah, yeah. The vast majority of the attendance are people visiting, people coming in. So I think this is a good way to increase the draw of vacationers who are making this a destination. One of the things that I've always kind of knocked, and I didn't look at the plans all as intently as I, I will eventually as it gets closer to actually being developed, but what I've always kind of knocked Disneyland for is they have three hotels. That's it. They have three hotels. Um, what Disney World has done a great job of, I think they have 23 and counting um, resort properties, maybe more. Uh, again, I and I don't know, would you count like Boulder Ridge and Copper Creek all with Wilderness Lodge or are they three separate resorts? But that's, that's a semantics question. But ultimately, um, you know, Disney World has the ability to pack the people on site Whereas Disneyland right now, I mean, I was going to go out there and I was going to stay at a resort or I was going to stay at a hotel a block away. And then I was going to, and I bought my tickets. So I really think what Disneyland needs to do is they even need more property and they need to find ways to develop some hotels. And I think part of that property area that we're talking about actually has a couple of hotels there. So it would be interesting if they are making offers on those to purchase that area to level or redevelop or whatever. Um, I really think Disneyland needs more room space because right now you basically have a value, a moderate, and you have the Grand Californian. And, um, you know, it's just, it's not wise to stay on site because there's nothing it gets you. Like I said, I was going to book a hotel for, you know, 180 a night and be a block away yeah yeah yeah. where you can't be a block away if you book unless yeah. you want to be a, a block away from disney springs right and then the best case scenario is you go to disney springs but disney springs doesn't run buses to the parks yeah you have to go to an, a disney resort and then to a park from there 
So if so. I get walking distance to Disney Springs, basically what I have is I have to walk all the way over to Port Orleans or Saratoga, and then I can get on a bus to a park. Correct. Or I have to leave Springs to go to a hotel and then bus to a park. Yeah. So there's just there's no advantage to it. Whereas in Anaheim, you've got I, – I mean, I – well, first time I was there, I stayed at Anaheim Convention Center because that's just how the logistics worked out. And it was a 10-minute walk to the park. I mean, it, you know, it was a little, I think it was about three-quarters of a mile. You just, yeah, so no no farther than you'd walk from the Grand Floridian. Right. You have a, Right, exactly. If I stayed at Grand Floridian, I could walk the path to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And so, here I can, walk the, I can walk the city streets of Anaheim and through the amazing scenery and, um, <laughs> and, and get to Disneyland very, very easily. So I think, I think this is a way of Disneyland hopefully trying to entice others to come and maybe grab more of the business for themselves. Because I think right now when people come from out of town, they pretty much just get park tickets and then obviously food and stuff like that. But Yeah, because you don't, you don't need much of anything else. So moving on, let's let's talk about facial recognition at the parks. So Heck yeah, I'm walking through that line next week. Yeah, Magic Kingdom has rolled out a and it's just it looked like just a couple sets of the scanners that yeah. now have a camera with a little screen. So instead of using your thumbprint or your fingerprint to get into the parks, it actually scans your face with your mask on. Apple Get on the same page as Disney. I can't open my damn phone with my mask on. Redo facial ID with your mask on. It'll work. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. It's push a button. <laughs> but then when I don't have my face on, uh, my mask on, it doesn't recognize <laughs> my face. My face on. <laughs> so, so cool technology coming to Magic Kingdom. Like Peter said, he's going out there in a week. Um, as long as you turn the camera on after you get out of security, you should be good to video that. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get tackled again. <laughs> I didn't get tackled. I mean, yeah, not quite. We only got talked to you by three people. Did you? I got talked to you that day at Magic Kingdom, too. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I came off the buses recording and I knew not to video security. So I ah. left and kept it on the right. <laughs> but as I was videoing, like the boats coming in and talking about the resorts and the big and the big one that comes over from the, the TTC, uh, a security guard walked up and goes, hey, uh, when you walked up, I was like, I was panned left the whole time. I know the rule, please. I was panned left the whole time. <laughs> All right, um, next thing. Let, let's talk about um, vaccine passports. It seems to be a big thing in the news and something that DeSantis in Florida has already come out and said, hey, we don't want this in Florida. What are your thoughts on a private business? Even, you know, even if we talk a bit outside of Disney, but Disney's going to be a big, a big player in this, I think, uh, requiring vaccine proof to get into their parks. Oh boy, I really haven't thought about this all this much. Um, what I can tell you though, if you talk about a bunch of other different um, institutions around the country, uh, like most states school systems I can speak to, you are required to have up-to-date vaccinations in order to attend. Um, so I guess if you're asking that question, I don't know how I feel about it, but I can say 
that if anybody goes, this is unprecedented, this is unjust, this is unfair, I don't think it's unjust or unfair or unprecedented. I think there's other places where um, things like that would be required. So uh, I don't know. I guess the question would be then, is it just a COVID passport or are you going to require a vaccination passport? Because at the same point, I wouldn't want somebody who, if you're going to say you must be vaccinated for COVID, well, then I would also want you vaccinated for measles and mumps and rubella and smallpox and uh, tuberculosis (laughs) and right. All that other stuff. Uh, And then what does that do to your international travel? Because I have no idea about immunization requirements for individuals who aren't citizens of the U.S. So what what would that do to your potential international, you know, there's there's no disguising that Disney World is the flagship of the Disney Entertainment, of the, the Disney yeah. Park. I mean, you I want, it is my bucket list to go to Shanghai and Tokyo and Hong Kong and Paris, but I know that what I'm getting there is basically Disneyland, California, in terms of, you know, when I go to Disney World, I can't imagine going for less than four days. And when I go to Disneyland, I can't imagine going for more than four. No, it, makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. And I, I think that's about the same with most of the other parks, too. Yeah. You're, you're putting a sweet spot for any other property not named Disney World. And I think some of our viewers and clients make that mistake that they can just roll up to Magic Kingdom for six hours and get anything done like i went to disney world i went to magic kingdom for an afternoon that's not disney world at all no no you you missed you you missed nine tenths of disney world by doing that um yeah i for me you know i've i've talked to a few people about this you know i think that's where i start drawing the line when it comes to the vaccine talk you know if they're going to start limiting access for people that choose not to get vaccines. Because even like you said, with school systems, there are waivers for the vaccinations too, whether it's on religious grounds or there are people that go to school that do not have vaccines. So they can't say, oh, well, everybody in school systems have it because they don't. So it, it there's gotta be some line. And I, th- I think they're towing a real fine line by even starting to bring this up. But I think, it's all about, you know, how do they push this out as much as possible, which on one side is really, really good. I think, you know, the more people vaccinated, the better. But I also think that if the vaccine works, why are we still getting told people that have the vaccine have to wear masks, should still stay six feet away from other people, shouldn't gather with people indoors. If the vaccine works, the vaccine works. If the vaccine doesn't work, you're still under the same guidelines as everybody else. Well, okay, so two things on your points. Uh, so thing number one is the CDC said three feet, uh, three feet apart now. For schools. And number two, and number two they said um, that if you're with nothing but vaccinated people, then you're safe to congregate without masks. Um, so it's just the fact that when you're around non-vaccinated people, you could still potentially because we're still doing the long-term studies because of how quickly this all came about. Um, there is still a potential that you're at risk to one another because you have non-vaccinated individuals. So two, just to like make sure that we're, we're clarifying those two points. 
Um, but then I would, I, not necessarily that I feel this way, but you have a great point, but also doesn't a business have the right to determine their policies and their requirements and their, all of that stuff? Correct. Right? So you get into all of these court cases of like businesses being forced to do things for whatever the situation, whatever the, we're, we're not going to get into that aspect of it about <laughs> different views and, and all of that stuff, but doesn't, according to these court case rulings, doesn't a business have the choice to say, hey, this is the requirement, and then you have the choice as the consumer to say, well, then I'm not going to abide by that requirement, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to patronize your establishment also correct right because so, i know we've talked about that before and we've we very much said like there's a mask policy right disney has the right to that mask policy and if you can't deal with it don't go well you have to say the same statement now for a vaccination record if disney decides it's a requirement and a necessity to visit correct correct and i i think i think that's where it kind of comes down to the end all be all. I, I I don't think it's going to be the state's decision. I don't think it's going to be the government's decision. I think it's going to come down to the individual business, and you could see the individual businesses handling it differently based on the state that they're in. I think That's you could see. Too. I could. I think you could see Disneyland, you know, require it and Disney World not. I I absolutely agree with that. I because right there you have a, a governor who's saying no, we we're going to do this, and on the flip side, I mean. Whoever the governor the, of California this, is. is. <laughs> yeah, this gets into a big cut. You know, this obviously opens up a, a political can of worms versus a Disney podcast. But yeah, um, you know, then you get into where, where does government overreach begin? And at what point do rights and liberties become infringed upon? And, um, you yeah. know, stay tuned for our new Sunday Land. show. I mean, yeah. that's Disneyland's main complaint <laughs> has always been against Newsom for the last year is the fact that they haven't had autonomy to make their own decisions and have pushed that there's a lot of government overreach going on there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so anything else from around the parks that you have on your radar? Boy, I don't even know now because these were such loaded topics. I know it was, it, there, there were three big ones in there. tonight. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, I got another one. I got another one. Good. Disney is planning on suing the CDC over the no sale order. I have not seen that. Tell me about it. So, so basically it sounds like Disney's wanting to sail in June, um, with carnival and, or not carnival Royal Caribbean and celebration. Oh, that type of sale. You said sale. I was like, what are they telling them? They can't sell. Yeah. Yeah. So sailing cruise. Yes. So cruise line industries. Um, so we've got a couple that want to go in June and the CDC has basically said no sale till November. Um, and Disney's going to sue to see, sue the CDC, which sounds awesome. Who knows where that goes? You just want it because you're on one of those cruises. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't hide you. Hey, you were mad about not being able to go to Disneyland. I'm mad about my cruise. Yeah. So, but if litigation is becoming involved and it's already April, 
you and I should probably talk about rebooking your cruise. Uh, yeah, it's probably, I, I would say if we don't hear anything in the next couple of weeks, it's, it's going to start getting down to the wire on if they're able going to be able to do it. The weird thing is, you know, we do have a cruise in early June and all of the extra bookings are open and available. So stuff on Castaway K, um, the on, the on ship experiences, all that kind of stuff has been able to be booked just like a normal cruiser, depending on your tier, you get a booking window at so many days. Um, so we've been able to book those, those on ship experiences and off ship experiences. Um, since the booking window opened at 75 days or yeah, at 75 days for us. Let me throw a question back at you, Matt. Yeah. Disney world vaccination card not liking that cruise vaccination card liking that not liking that crew i i would i would almost guess that the cruise is going to you have you're you're gonna have to either have a vaccine or a negative test the day you get on the cruise like they'll negative rapid test you right there before you board uh, yeah they've got to do something but what if you just contracted it on your flight down there yeah i mean there you can't control it so you shouldn't cruise then. I'm not saying that. Bump, bump. Uh. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. I'm just I'm yeah. playing devil's advocate, buddy. No, no, no. I, there is a very real possibility that we will need the vaccinations for the cruise. And, 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 and that's another can of worms. Is it going to be that if it was available to you? Because there may yeah. be there may be people that it hasn't been available to yet. Yeah. You know, you think about California and New York and, and some of these higher uh, higher population states, they haven't made it down past 40, 40 years old yet. Right. Speaking so, of, you get in? You got one coming? No. Oh. That's why I'm making a big stink of it right now. No, but you, whatever. I don't understand why you wouldn't. I've got my reasons. Another God, show. That's the Sunday show. Matt and Peter talk listening. politics and religion on Sunday. Everything you shouldn't talk about at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up on the DPI podcast and over DPI Industries, whatever. Um, tomorrow, Expedition Everest. I don't understand what's going on Sunday. You've made that reference multiple times. Are we talking on Sunday? <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, we're just going to start a new show on Sunday. What? Topics to piss people off. And just... You got to make it DPI. DPI? Discussions that make people irritated. <laughs> Done. DPI version two. So yeah, uh, tomorrow, Expedition Everest ride video releases. Peter, fantastic job on the ride video. What did I do? Hold you did on. a great, it was a great ride video. Of which one? Expedition Everest. God, I'm awesome. You are, you are. Wait, you, did you do that one too? Didn't we double GoPro it? We did it. Mine was terrible. Yours was awesome. <laughs> except <laughs> except for in the, the Yeti video. After you stopped going backwards. Yeah, you completely missed that video, part of the video. I was trying. I got it. We're good. We I just tried to, to hold it relatively stable. <laughs> Um, 
We're going to have blogs coming soon, I hope. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> my, my wife is gone, and now both of my kids have interrupted me during this. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, there will be podcasts. There will be, or not podcasts, there will be blogs <laughs> very soon. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and then Thursday, um, DPI Golf Family Show. Has really gotten me. That's, What's that's, that? Golf season has really gotten me. I know, I know. Um, and honestly, here's the biggest thing that's gotten me. It's not even, so I went into golf season, but I've also had a huge uptick in Disney sales, which is fantastic that people are, like, I've got a whole bunch of people. I want to go in June. I want to go in October. I want to, awesome, awesome. So uh, it's it's good to see, you know, because I consider myself a relatively low volume person because, uh-huh. you know, as I've said before on the show, we always say, hey, reach out to Peter. And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely happy to plan your vacation. But if you have a, you know, a professional travel agent that all they do is tr- being a travel agent. Um, so if I'm getting that uptake in business, boy, I got to I got to think it's starting to rebound for for uh, the travel industry, which is would be fantastic news. Yeah, I, I would think so. And it looks like our video is doing something goofy. It, this is on the Internet side for some reason. I don't know why. Um yeah so we're 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 skipping a little bit so sorry sorry about that if you guys are watching but really that's all we've got so let me go ahead and close out this video if you're still hanging out thank you for watching tonight um i'm matt this is the dpi podcast definitely check us out on twitter at disney insights over on the facebook pages at dpi podcast and at patm disney travel that's going to be the princesses and the mouse disney travel page if you're looking to book a trip with myself or peter either one of us can work with you which is awesome um but from there Thank you very much for watching. Um, You guys all have a good night. Stay safe, and we will talk to you real soon. Bye now.